And once again, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is G7 Voices Without Boundaries. Uh, today is another beautiful day, a beautiful Sunday. And we are going to be talking with one of the legends. You know, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of, to talk about. And today's topic is the power of transformation. What is transformation? What does transformation look like? And what does it take for one to transform along the way? There's so many obstacles, those challenges, they create a different transformation. They enable an individual to, to look at things from a different um, perspective. The people that surround you, the things that surround you, uh, the mindset, you change, you change your, your, your vocabulary, you change the way how you present yourself, you change um, the way how you you approach uh, um, every situation and, and scenario. Today is going to be one of those day, one of those days that we're going to be talking with this young king. He has a lot to 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 share with us, a lot of stories, and he will be coming in in a few minutes. Um, we just called, so uh, we just I'm just gonna. Um, uh, Give up an intro very coming through so uh, in the meantime you know we appreciate you for coming through and for all my my all our good people who are following us on um, on Facebook live welcome to G7 voices without boundaries I'm your host with the most black man and my ace Rick he's somewhere you know uh, he'll be uh, tuning in in a few minutes as well um, we appreciate you. G7 is, is going strong and we, we, we are constantly, constantly transforming ourselves as G7. Um, the, the network and the individuals that we have um, rubbed shoulders with, they have elevated us to be where we are. And this podcast will not be what it is if it wasn't for all the individuals that have been to the podcast before or have been our guests. And... Um, our audience, our audience members have been nothing but you know, uh, beautiful and uh, supportive in what we are doing. And we thank to each and every one of you that has helped us to be where we are today. Uh, I think this is a season, um, uh, we are on episode uh, 44, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, episode 44. And we are doing good, we are doing well. We appre appreciate you once again. And um, like I said, uh, today is one of those days we are going to be chopping up with this one good brother. And I hope he'll be coming in soon. I think he's here already. Um, Tonton, there he is. There he is. What's up, my brother? What's going on, young king? What's happening? Over here, just give me a second. So, uh, excuse my... Uh... My little tardiness. It was uh, I got junior on Sundays, right? And uh, and I'm a strong believer that uh, if you if you helping others, don't forget to be there for your own, right? And Sundays is his day, so I, I try to not to compromise. But I got a Mr. Poli. I got him out. We went and looked at our fire alarms, right. and he's up beating. So I'm in the car now, chilling, ready to you know share with the good brothers. All, all, all is well. All is well. Torn man, you know we. As, as we always say, we make time. We make time. <laughs> we don't have time to control us because at the end of the day, if we're running behind time, that's why we, we play catch up and we miss a lot of things. But if we make time, we are able to um, uh, put things where they're supposed to be. And, you know, and if something comes up, you are able to jump on and, and, and cover up. But without any further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce this young, young king, you know, and um, as always known, G7, you already know. It's either you are a black man or you're a young king, whichever <laughs> is good. So um, who's, this, who's this fella right here? Um, he was the leader of the New York chapter of the Latin Kings. He has worked directly with street organization members in Washington, D.C., Newark, New York City, Spain, and Ecuador. Ecuador to redirect their energies toward community building. He uses his life story as both 
as a cautionary tale and a message about self-transformation. Currently, he has partnered with Clinton Lacey and Washington DC's Department of Youth Rehabilitations uh, on a brand to initiate uh, on, an, on an initiative rather called Credible Messengers. His organization currently focuses on serving the youth charged as adults in DC Juveniles Detention Center. He entered, uh, so, uh, I think that that's okay. I'll take it up to there. <laughs> I was, I was, I wanted, I wanted to make sure give out all the, the juices. So, uh, we, we good, we good right there. We good there, right there. Uh, brother. And who's this brother right here? I'm talking about Antonio Fernandez, AKA King Ton. King Ton, welcome to G7 Voices. With G7 Voices. With yeah. Yes, there. Hey, hey, yes, there. Hey, hey. What's up? What's up? I see you, you're chilling in the luxury like me. You got to get in the car sometimes, right? I know. Uh, right? I know. That, Man, I, I wish I could say that right now. I gotta, I'm on the side of the road with a flat, but I'm here for the show, baby. I'm here to get hear the information, hear the jewels, man. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right man. Okay, King Tom. Okay, King Tom. Um, um, Eric, can you, Eric, can you mute your, um, turn, or turn the volume down on your, on your side? There you go, there you go. Um, okay, cool. Thank you very much. I think I missed the memo because I should have been uh, sitting on the side of the road too, you know, uh, in the car. So, uh, but it's all good. Uh, okay, well, uh, once again, like I say, welcome, uh, uh, Torn. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, Young King, and we have a lot to share. We have a lot to be inspired about. And um, what you are going to share with us, we would like this to be a conversation. And everyone is welcome, please, to all. The chat line is going to be open. And if you want to share or you want to have it, you have an input, please feel free to chime in. This is a, a platform where, you know, every voice matters. And like we say, voices without boundaries. And to all our fans in, South Africa, in UK, Nigeria, Canada, Australia. We see you all. Thank you once again for tuning in. Let's 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 jump into this uh, King Ton. Here you are, King Ton. Who's King Ton? Well, before you know, before I was King Ton, I was I was somebody's son that was named Antonio Fernandez, and that was my first name. That's my. That's my given name for my mother and my parents is Antonio Fernandez, Jr. Um, I'm a son. I got four sisters, one younger. I have no brothers. And my parents are Puerto Rican, third generation, second generation Puerto Ricans mm -hmm. who came to New York City to start, you know, chasing that rat race, Amer that rat race American dream. So uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm that. I'm a Puerto Rican you know, born and raised in New York, but of course strong, like, you know, a New York Rican is strong to his roots. And uh, along like of many of us, a lot of us got many stories of who we are during that journey of life. When you, be, when you get to 56 years old, thanks to the prayers of a loving mother and prayers of uh, people who thought I could be more than I was demonstrating, uh, I got a chance to tell my story at this age. So, yeah, that's who he is. He was a, a young brother, Puerto Rican, raised in East New York, Brooklyn. And in the 70s and 60s, you look up East New York, Brooklyn, you know, you, you see it's, it's just like any, anything that, that was, the oppression was quantified. So uh, the violence was quantified. So uh, at that time, that's where I grew up. You know, the Dauphine game, the, the Vietnam War was just over. Uh, our poor neighborhoods was flooded with heroin. Mm -hmm. uh, our, returning, our returning parents from that war came with habits. And I grew up seeing that and uh, despising that the promised land looked like Vietnam was in my neighborhood because the buildings were burned. So I grew up very poor, but with high values. My mother and father are married to these days. I visited them uh, on Mother's Day. She's, you know, she's, she's got dementia, but she's uh, my father's very old and they're still married. They, they're, they're, you know, I, I, I'm happy to say. So none of the adventures I took in life 
was due to a broken home. Now, they wasn't perfect parents, but they tried their best and their values were set high where my sisters and everyone uh, progressed without going through the, that, the, the peaks and the valleys that I chose to do to uh, find self. So that's who I would say King Tone is. He's a journeyman. He's a journeyman, right, right. Uh, from, from like uh, Tone, your journey uh, has been with uh, a lot of uh, challenges that made you to be this individual that you are. I guess like everybody else, but your journey has a lot of uh, turns around, uh, turns and corners and zigzags and all of that. You can name all of that. And um, you have, uh, talking to you, myself and Tariq, we're actually fortunate to have actually had a, 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 the pleasure of working with you in the facility and uh, hearing you, or rather listening to you, sharing your stories, it um, brought a bigger and a broader uh, uh, understanding of who Tone is and why you are so passionate about what you're doing. And today's topic, of course, we're talking about the power of transformation. What does that transformation look like? And what makes up a transformation? And what does one need to create that transformation? And um, this conversation today, we would like to share more on those transformations, what has inspired you and what has taken, what has given you the, the, uh, the momentum to, to move from one transformation to the other. To start with, you as uh, uh, the leader of the Latin Kings, uh, can you share more about that history, uh, what it looked like and what it took for you to be a leader of the most recognized uh, gangs in, in pretty much uh, in, in America and in the world. Yeah, you know, so it was funny when you were mentioning all the people you were sending shout outs to you. So I, I do the same, you know, to the power group I pertain, you know, it, its name is the Almighty Latin King Queen Nation. I'm part of the New York State. And that's where at one time I was an active leader. Now I consider myself more relevant than involved, right? But uh, and that to say that, uh, they were a key part of one of my transformations because in the poverty that I opened up with and the oppression that I was under, that neighborhood, of course, in third grade, I, I, like, I despised my teacher, I despised where I was learning. So I left and I started learning those things I was talking about by experiencing them by living in the street. And even though I had a home and I had a family that loved each other, I just didn't, that's not, I didn't feel like I was gonna learn what I needed because I learned different than they were putting me into. So I, I bucked and I third grade, I, I wanted to make money. And that's the first time I broke one of the rules my father taught me as a, as a loving, fearing God man, values over money. And I type of said like, F that. In America, it's money over value. I'll buy those later. You know what I'm saying? So uh, as a Puerto Rican kid, not understanding Puerto Rican, understanding black and white, but not really knowing my place as a Latino and the heritage, because my father worked 13 hours, my mom was raising three daughters, and the streets were vicious, you know? So uh, in that, I got into making a lot of money. I don't want to buy, yeah, I made money. Woo! And but finding money and choosing money over values, I also found addiction to, to put my mind and my spirit to sleep. When my mother seen the son she raised named Antonio Tony turned to Pachi, and then Pachi turned to a, a street dude that three houses from my mom that had a spot, a weed spot. I was already packing. And imagine you go, what happened to his values, right? Mm -hmm. Oppression made me just, values is not gonna keep me alive out here, mom. The girls are safe. They'll find a thug to take care of them. But you know, and I took care of them as much as I can, but now I gotta make it out here. So in that, in that instance, when you choose money over values, you really become an American. You know, you really choose them dudes as your forefathers because that's on the, every bill. And I chose the dollar, right? And in that experience, I, I got into addiction because the elders knew I was a wrecking. I was wrecking to make that dough. And they put me to sleep with crack. 
And then crack with me not knowing my true identity, just calling myself a Puerto Rican, but not knowing the history of Puerto Rico and being a Taino Indian, mm -hmm. I, I got lost. And then I found myself in Rockers Island. And that's where, where that, that place I came and I seen oppression at its greatest is the largest prison. It's a holding cell. Very little are, are sentenced there. So you could imagine six, seven, eight, ten thousand kids and grown men on an island and on buildings. And that's where I grew up because I chose money over values. And in there, I was small, I was addicted. And uh, you a victim usually when you go in like that. But uh, I had some, I still have my spunk about me and I have people who seen it and they wanted to correct my behavior because when you burn all your bridges and you end up in jail, right. you're, gonna, you're gonna have to have a hustle. So my hustle was taking shit from people. I'm not trying, you know, I used to do it through, through the clothes box. And one day I paid the price for taking what wasn't mine and it was gonna cause a racial war. And thank God to the, to the almighty Lion King Queen Nation, they were being created in 86. They were created in New York and it was about 80, 88, 89. They took me under the wing and they taught me to read. They taught me what my father and my family wanted me. In a week, I learned my literature. I started uh, learning about Risu Campo, about Lolita Labrón, about Malcolm, about uh, Gandhi. I, I, I took interest to the letters written by Martin Luther King, the, his experiment with um, nonviolence. I got real captivated because I had now brothers. Mm -hmm. I have brothers who took me at my worst mistakes and myself, my self-destruction and suicide. I was too coward to put a gun in my mouth and shoot myself, so I put a pipe. And, uh, but knowledge and of self is the first transformation for anyone to become successful. You can't run from where you came from. Mm -hmm. Be it Africa, be it a slave ship, be it on a farm. Be, learn where you came from. And who brought you here? Because where you came from ain't usually where you came from. Right. So, and I started experimenting with knowledge of understanding why I was here, how my people suffered to get to the place where I was. And in that, my first transformation came from raw power to power of unity. I learned that to get justice, first you need unity amongst yourself your community and your people in your village if you want change. So the Kings brought that knowledge to myself. And since that time I dropped drugs, I dropped the pipe. I, I never got high again since 1989. And I took the endeavor of bringing my nation, my power group mm -hmm. to the place of the Young Lords, the Black Panthers, and all those other groups that I studied while I was in those, in the dungeons of, of, of America. So, so that's that's a lot of content right there Tuan, that you just shared and um which uh, i'm sure uh when you actually dissect all of that these other elements that come with it you know it's a facet of uh beautiful things that uh creates an individual because that transformation that you're talking about now from you now acquiring the knowledge having to be able to learn to read and understand the information that's mental transformation but now i want to find out from you then what what goes on in your mind when you are noticing that you are being recognized as this individual that can uh, uh, make decisions and be a leader and people listen to him what goes on in your mind when, when you find yourself in that position? So, you know, I don't, even in the dope game, I was a leader, right? I was always a leader. I just, I, God gave me that gift. It was a gift. I, I was, me and my block was a small block in my hood. We wasn't the big block, the big project. All of my team is either dead or made it. They made it. Mm. I was stuck in the middle of that world. And like I said, so I was lucky, but I always was that dude that if you made a crew, I made another crew. I hate joining somebody's crew. You get what I'm saying? So uh, when I found myself identity, I had to stop. I stopped wanting to belong 
and understood the God talent that I had to lead. So when I started leading myself towards knowledge, then I knew, like I said, that the oppression was put there for a purpose. It isn't by mistake. It wasn't by negligence. It wasn't by no fault of its own. It was created by the conqueror and the man that wanted a land that wasn't his and wanted to catch up to the other powers that he had to do certain things to do it. And that's America's history in a short nutshell. But my point, who was I in it? Right. Why was I a failure? Why did my teacher say I was stupid? Because English wasn't my language. Mm. And I wasn't put on the oppression that for me to make it in life, I had to talk this broken down Spinglish shit you made up and now you saying I need special ed. I, so my point is the system was made to label us, not to help us. Mm -hmm. And to put us in categories which we have judged ourselves by too long. And when I broke the system for drugs and became a leader in capital, being rich before having values, I broke down. So then when I found knowledge, now I knew I was coming home from the cells, what Malcolm found, what Martha Luther King found, what other great men found in oppression was don't blame the other one that's sharing in the sorrows of the oppression, fight the oppressor. Mm -hmm. And then I got my team. I had, I had the whole my life key queen nation that had a foundation, had the principles of Latinos and other black and brown people. And it gave me, it gave me a start to practice now that God given gift in a manner to progress and move forward. Right. right. And the power group gave me the backing to where I could start this, this, what I read that if you do this and you take action, action brings change. You know, I, I did the action to change myself. Then I wanted to share that with the Kings because they saved me when I was at my worst. I had cancer, I was a leopard. Nobody wanted me. And they took me in and now they sharpened me up to the place that I was able to find my voice. And then in that find why I had to fight, why I had to regain those values, my father and my mother and my community and the, my ancestors died for. Mm -hmm. was for me to be an educated warrior, understanding the things we must fight for and the things we must be, we must be content with, right? That we understand that we ain't gonna kill our way out just the way they ain't gonna arrest their way out. So we gotta find that common ground and that's where my mind started. And then like I tell my guys in, in Grub Grout, you know, shout out to Grub Grout, all my team, you know, and, and the YDRs, but I tell them practice your craft. Mm -hmm. If you're a rapper, if you're an artist, practice your craft. And you'll see when you practice your craft, the devil gets mad. You could do anything else in life and be happy just because you're getting paid, just because you're making it, just because you're a miserable piece of shit, whatever you choose. If you don't really do what you love in your craft, the devil happy. Absolutely. He's happy because he keeps you in the content of surviving, never living. Yes. We and that's what I, I've been, that's what I, I, I've become, that subject of, of, of oppression that likes now to poke the dragon, to tell the devil, you ain't no bigger than the lie they tell me. Exactly. And I ain't scared of you no more because he ain't red and he ain't got horns and he ain't got a tail. Usually he's blonde with blue eyes. You know, sometimes he's my own brother. He's brown. I think he, his forefathers were the men that raised this land. So I challenged that. I challenged foundations to get to see who was the real man behind the image you chose to follow. And, and then when we do that for ourselves, we can help our kids. We could help our power groups. We can help those around us if, if we practice uh, uh, the self-evaluation of change and then that it takes action to bring that next, that mind awakening. Okay, I know myself, mm -hmm. I know my place, I know what I love to do. Now let me go do it. Absolutely, you know, you, you, you mentioned two words, survival and living, you know, we, we always misconstrue those two, you know, defining what are you, what are you doing on earth? Are you living or are you surviving? You know, for most people, it's just a survival. And could I say something real quick, not to interrupt you? Don't confuse that because I was happy being a maintenance man in Smoketown Road in Christ Chapel Church serving the kids. And I didn't go to the church. 
But I was happy being the manager of the maintenance man because that's where God put me to break me down from that king. Right. I, I, I serve as a king and I believe him. That's why we call ourselves. But I went to a place where I came home where I was able to learn servitude with the pride I gained in my fall. In that fall where, where I came again, what I'm saying, it ain't that if you love being a maintenance man, fuck that, you are happy. If you love being what I'm saying, love where you at and know what you could do while you there. So I knew if I did the best toilets, if I kept the school clean, if I kept the college open, more people would come to that church. My kids were safe because the wolves knew there was a line on deck. And don't come to that church, mess around. This King Tony's the janitor, but he's the dean. Right. My point is, it isn't the status of who you are and you choose in life what to be, it's your mindset. Absolutely. That's what, that's what, you know, I wanted to clear those for those who have trouble seeing beyond, you know, just the common box. And, and, and we, we do that every, every time. And you continue to do that with the, the, uh, with the uh, Grow Up, Grow Out. You know, we're going to touch base on that in a few. Uh, I was reiterating the, the whole, uh, you know, the two words, survival and living, because the, the youth that we serve, you know, you, you, you will understand more better because you, you pretty much in the same, you know, facet with us when you talk about, you know, changing the lives of individuals. You know, most youth, they confuse that survival for living. But um, uh, one, one more question, uh, Tony, before I, uh, we, we go forward. So at that time, during that transformation, where now you are the, 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 the leader of the Latin Kings, and um, you have found your, your, your identity within that community, because now you have been embraced in this community. Your mind is open. You are, your awareness is even more tightened up. You, you are listening to things from a different angle. Your movement, your, your directions, how you move, because now you're pushing not only one pe person, but there is a massive crew of people who are coming behind you. At home, your mother, your parents rather, what are they saying when they see you transform to this individual? It was funny because I come home from jail in uh, 92 and I got my black and gold bees and I'm like proud, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, but she just seeing that I went in a crackhead and I was heavy, you know, I was doing push-ups. Mm -hmm. I already got, you know, myself cleaned up for a year or a few years and I was good in my mind. So it was funny because she looks and they had a cross on it and she looks, he goes, she, I swear to God, she hugs me. My mom's is witty and my father, she goes, what's that? I goes, the cross, because I already knew she was going to be on some shit. And she goes, what's that? Why is it black and gold? And I was like, I'm a Latin king. She goes, oh my God, you went in a crackhead. Now you come out a gangbanger. <laughs> and I was laughing at her and she looks at me and she goes, you good? You know, and I say, yeah. And then I told her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm changed. Mm. And like everything she said, time will tell. Right. And, uh, and in that, that was a first reaction. But as I was building my moment, I remember when my father's car used to have people watching it at night. So it wouldn't get stalled. My mom's, they used to walk up from her. It just got where she said, who are you now? And uh, one day I had to take her and my father to the park they raised me in, Highland Park, and uh, HBO and everybody was coming. So let me explain. When I made my change and I came home, it took years with strong team members to believe that we could replace murder, fear, extortion with love, hope, and opportunity. And at that time, Mayor Giuliani was doing the stop and frisk was exploring putting guns with cops in school, was using the child welfare system to rape, rape mm. our women, women and children. I used the word rape. Women used to have to give themselves up to these low scumbags. They used to put the guard these places so they could sleep in a place. Mm. And when I started raising the army, the Zulu Nation, the Nietas, all the power groups in New York, alongside Richie Perez and the National Action, you know, uh, National Action for Puerto Rican Rights, National Action Network. We created copying the Rainbow Coalition and we did something called United Families Coalition in New York. And then the 33 mothers of, uh, whose children were killed by cops asked us to join their movement. And in that time it was born in 1990, about 
four or five, the No Justice, No Peace movement with the Mothers Against Police Brutality, Miss Byers and the Mothers, we united. And they took in the, the, the treasures out of darkness, the despaired people. And they believed that I was one of the leaders needed to bring justice. And when we joined with them, you could picture one day in a parade, like your parade, in, you have the parade in DC, where when we marched in the Puerto Rican parade, we were with 3,000 members and the mothers were throwing and they were throwing our sign. That's success when a power group tries to convince its people we're looking for a way out. Now will the government give it to us? And Giuliani became our number one opponent because we put four of his officers in jail. Mm. We gave one 30 years, we gave another set 12 years and we were fighting. But I was still part of an organization that needed opportunity. And he refused to give it to me. The churches refused to give it to me. All the good guys put that middle finger up to all of us power groups that did that great work. From Luima, we were part of all of it. We got erased from that history. Most of the times we erase the work our youth do in all the movements, like they did for Martha Luther King, like they did for Gandhi. A great part of that was the, guy, the kids from college down who brought change. Not the elders, they spoke change. Mm -hmm. We were the movement. So when we did that and we got cops in jail and I had peace treaties throughout New York and then the world started listening that a power group what happens when the bad guy becomes the good guy? Right. And what happens when the good guy hits back? Because we see what happens when the white guy gets mad, he storm. I'm not trying to be racial, but this is the fact. They storm their own sacred places. They burn them. They kill their own police officers. They erase it from history, like slavery, like the American Indian. Indians torture camps, like the Chinese and the Korean War when they dropped the bombs. They erase it, but they remind us of every sin. They give us three felonies. They give us life without parole for one murder when they got thousands of millions of murders under their belt. And our community goes along with it just to survive. Mm that's that's uh that's heavy what you just said uh Tom, that you know you know the other race they have so many matters on their hands or so much blood on their hands and they they pretend it's never happened and we on the other side and the, the other communities we know that they know what happened but because that voice and the platform is not given to us or maybe is that it's uh, also about is there not enough leaders like the Malcolm X, the, 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 the Marcus God? Check it out. Check it out. To this day, I got black men and brown men that call Malcolm X violent. Mm. And he never killed nothing. Exactly. He spoke about preparation for the day like they're going to storm their own house. They're going to storm ours. And it ain't the military, folks. It's the NRA, all those guns laying around with these people who claim they want to hunt. There ain't enough deer for the guns we got in Maryland and Virginia. And they ain't held by our kids committing crimes in the street. But you want to stop crime. Mm -hmm. And none of you have gone to the people who make them, to Smith & Wesson. Right. So my point is, we attack the problem always with each other. We give each other punishment for their rules. Then they change them on us as they go. Perfect example. I still got friends that are doing life on marijuana charges in the feds, according to weight. Now in Denver, they're growing it by the field. They used to go to Panama and other countries and burn it, billions of dollars. Now they sell it. I still got soldiers in jail on that charge. Why aren't they being let go? There's always a twist to that, you know, and uh, like you said, 
now that marijuana is now becoming the commodity that is now a billionaire trillion people making trillions of money out of marijuana it's not owned by us no more exactly so now it's not a problem because you know this is so that's so i don't want to get off course so you see people why i'm complicated and that's my challenge that's our challenge right. that's why and after we ask why if it ain't if you can't explain it <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly. Challenge it, bro, because you got to explain it to me. And I'm a third grade thinker. If you could impress a fifth grader, you are a bad man. I don't care how many degrees you got, fool. <laughs> impress me, teach me. I'm fifth grade. Make me understand that. And we still got what you say in New Beginning to grow up, grow out. For the five to six years I've serviced, that great system under Clinton Lacey, who now retired and moved on, Director Lacey, under the Mayor Bowser and her team, and of course under Mac and everyone else involved, the, the, the Hamlets and, and the, the Celettes and the Dr. Keys and all those that make the dream possible of rethinking our process and rethinking it and putting it to use. My point is, we're servicing kids that are all black and brown. Six years, I haven't seen one white, and I, I'm not trying. It's very crazy. I feel you, I feel you, man. And then, and on top of that, there are being sentences for crimes committed by the people who are sentencing them. And then they say, why are they confused? And then when they come there, we punish them instead of love on them. And that's where the game changes when you come to men like service these young adults in new beginnings and the YDRs and the programs and the staff and the mental health and the restorative health uh, team, Rashida. This is what we're trying to teach you. It isn't a time of punishment. It's a time to take our child, put them in an incubator of love, of understanding, of respect, put his love and his hurts before your damn career and the fear that your ass get fired. Right, right. You know, you know, having said that, you use the word, the key word, incubator, and that key word actually is going to be a segue for us to talk about you transforming and moving over to Washington, D.C., and uh, your travels to Spain, Ecuador, uh, to work with some of the youth that are facing the same dilemmas that we, um, uh, the youth in, in, in America uh, are facing. Uh, let's talk about that transformation because that transformation now is digging deeper into your history, your experiences, and now you are sharing your journey but with a different twist because now you are changing somebody else's child to veer them away from what can become uh, detrimental in their life and their community. So what's that transformation uh, how did that transformation come about for you to end up in Washington, D.C.? And of course, teaming up with uh, Clinton Lacey, who's uh, on the show with us, by the way. And thank you for, for, for joining us, uh, Clint. Um, how did that transformation come about? One, it, it took three, right? Another awakening, right? And you hear me, my political view, and you see how I... That is me when I'm telling to my people the reality of the circumstance of oppression. But when I become a credible messenger and I got to put that message into an incubator, look at what I turn. Look, you see how I put it all down? Mm -hmm. And I got to be this blank sheet where just because the experiences and the knowledge I have of that history and understanding right. of where he's at, he might not be ready to hear it with that firestorm I have to do on a stage to get his parents and the adults to become more active in the community so we stop giving our kids to the jail system. So in that, I'm trying to teach you, that's the first thing, you change your message. Mm -hmm. And as a credible messenger, and the reason I came to DC was doing the work in New York, I was working for other uh, people doing the same type of Jetro from CCA and CCI. And this, I had different experiences in New York. And one of the ones I touched was Clinton's program coming out, you know, Archers with the probation department. But me and Clint had an on-off relationship in Rockers Island. He would teach. I would send my kids there because you practice changing the jail. So he was hearing my name, you know what I mean? When I came home, 
I did some work with him in probation. I, I trained the probation officers. I was getting my credibility back in New York with the people I let down in the movement when I got arrested for being a lookout to a drug sale that gave me them 13 years. So I had to come back home after I built my foundation in Virginia with my partner at the time. We, lived, we got married in jail. I came home. She gave me three years in incubator. In 2009, I came home. 2013, I went to New York. I reestablished my credibility. I locked in with Clinton, showed him what I wasn't about by coincidence. I come home because we had an emergency and, and my partner went back home to Virginia and I came back. And I was starting my stuff and lo and behold, like you know, 2015, he becomes the director there. He's got an initiative and I follow the procedure to attack the problem. We meet, we meet again and we partner up and start rebuilding the arches. We, with along a lot of partners, the Rubens. So that's how we got there. But the best part was we seen DC had a great opportunity being smaller, mm -hmm. having a smaller flux, because New York is New York, brother. You got, you got to understand that monster. But if you incubate in a smaller group, you've seen the great accomplishments we accomplished. Credible messengers, ex-people who couldn't get jobs, who were felons or went in as Title 16, kids as youth, come home 45, 51, and we give them jobs and we give them through extensive training. You know the system I'm preaching, but people got to understand that's why we came to D.C. because we knew we had the opportunity to go the other, break new ceilings. And with the love and the, and the understanding that they took, adapted to what love looked like in public policy that Clinton brought to DYRS with the people who always been showing love there and the credible messengers like Bali, East of the River, and all these other people that were trying to get it together. I think what they accomplished in six years was amazing. And with the freedom from Mayor Bowser to do it, where, where look at, think about it. I don't care what nobody says. I see people cowering in their men that are senators, Republicans, Democrats. And you could be proud to say that our mayor wrote in yellow and black letters, Black Lives Matters across the avenue. People are scared of that man, but y'all stood up because why? We got no taxation. We, we, we pay taxes, no reputation. Why shouldn't we write down the block? Right. But we should let you know. Our lives matter because you show we don't matter. You don't even let us have a representation. Right. So, you know, in that, that's why I came to DC. It's the perfect place. I was in Newark before then. And I was, I always say practicing my craft like Lacey was to get it right and to understand you don't go to resolve problems. You go to listen to the community who tells you their problems. Then you help them come up with a plan to, to, to resolve it as a team, not as a savior. We already waiting for one, one savior. Let's not wait for too many more. Let's get moving. Let's start looking forward. And let's start helping these kids that we're giving to the system. Because ain't nobody taking them away from me. Absolutely, absolutely. And once again, to those who just joined us, this is G7 Voices Without Boundaries. And we have our good brother here, King Ton, talking about the power of transformation. And what does transformation look like? What does it take? And what does one need to endure to succeed in this transformation? There's always challenges, and those challenges, they require you to be uh, consistent, perseverance, and, uh, and again, you have to invest. What does that investment look like? Uh, talk about uh, your, where you are now, Torn, and uh, where, wherever you walk, people recognize you. That's King Torn. No, that's King Torn. You know, and uh, your history and uh, what you're doing now, you continue to write the, the history and your partnerships, of course, like you said, with Clint, you guys coming up with the, uh, the credible uh, you know, program where you are touching lives, not only within the facilities, but outside in the communities. And uh, you mentioned as well, you know, uh, working with Ms. Rashida, uh, the restor restoration, because again, that's the number one, the primary. How do you restore something that has already been uh, torn apart? What does it take to uh, recreate or rebuild what has been destroyed. Um, so my, my question to you, Ton, uh, maybe before I ask you a question, if anyone out there is, uh, has a pressing question that you want to ask uh, King Ton, please feel free. This is an open platform. Uh, just put up your hand or put, drop a chat line. We'll definitely uh, engage with you. Um, Ton, um, fear, 
fear has always been a number one thing for most of us and I'm saying this as a plural because um, we have fear there is that innate fear that comes with us when we are born but then is it do you think fear is taught or we we are naturally born with fear so I, I, I believe right and it's funny because in our literature literature of my five the literature in my power group speaks strongly of 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 the of the five senses the five that what makes you human and how to recognize those warnings and the things that God gives you right hearing smelling touching tasting right mm. fear is one of those things the heart and the body and the adrenaline gives you to tell you which is healthy that's dangerous that car is going real fast you should go to the other lane mm. see those are healthy fears but there's two there's blind fear right blind fear is this when you fear something like you said that's taught to you now if i'm in the jungle and i'm walking through the jungle and i see a, a lion tiger or a bear that was taught the fear was taught to me in school fear those things so if you see them you should react a certain way. That's the natural instinct fear taught with knowledge of what to fear, right? You getting it? So now I'm growing up understanding, I fear lions, I fear tigers and I fear bear. It should never be. Now this is a different taught fear that comes from the history I break down of, like you said, we come in and we gotta rebuild and reconstruct. We don't wanna reconstruct the system that we got right now. That's broken. We want to rebuild it, like you said. But we must also understand the rubble in our community isn't ours, it's theirs. That's where they put us. We got to build with that rubble. We got to put it down to mortar and make bricks and rebuild. We shouldn't use an excuse because we inherited rubble that we should stay there as a village, as a community. That's the other, right? And it takes us to reinvest, rethink of how we teach a village to come over fear, fear of independence fear of independence mm -hmm. of fitting in so then right so getting back so now i got a fear taught to me but i got the instinct i got the one taught to me in school and knowledge of life then i got the fear embedded in me that you're saying that has no place in my house or in the house of god the fear of me telling my young man alex who's deaf, or one of these young black kids that I take care of, or one of my brown kids, I gotta say the color. When you drive a car and you see cops, you should really slow down and don't look them in the eye and be real careful. And if they stop you, put your hands up immediately and don't move and don't use your cell phone. That fear should never exist. Right. The fear of if you go to school, you a nerd, you stupid. Because if you smart, you part of the system. And if you stupid, you belong with us where we know we can run it is the street. That's another fear that we're teaching our children that to move and progress and to use the tools around us is to sell out. That's another taught fear that's a lie. So my point is when you teach a young adult as a credible messenger, that's the first thing you encounter in oppression. What do you fear? Mm. Some of them are going to tell you my mother. Some of them are going to tell you my teacher. Some of them are going to tell you the police. Some is going to tell you I'm hungry every day. And my mother is the best mom. And my dad is in jail. And I got to get the food. And I'm scared that if I don't go out and get it, the system doesn't help my mom, Tom. Mm -hmm. So in these fears, what is a credible messenger and I've learned is to listen because oppression leads to aggression, which leads to violence. So fear is a great part of oppression taught by nature. We already got it. And then if we listen to a lie long enough, it believes and make us believe the greatest fear we have is what? Each other. Absolutely. And then once we wake on out of, we waken ourselves out of those taught fears and reassemble the God-given fear of fearing even the man with the whip 
that keeps the lion tame in the circus. I fear him more than the lion. The lion just wants a steak. The man with the whip wants him to not be wild no more. He wants to tame him to what he wants him to become, his pet, a farm animal. And that's what happened to us. A lot of us got content living on the farm when we could go out and hunt and eat. We could have those same privileges they get if we don't get felonies. We could arm ourselves to stand our ground and protect our home, protect where we hunt, and protect what we got as we call a fair education system. No, right? Taxation with representation, because if not, we'll have a Boston Tea Party. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I just bring it back. Whatever I learned was taught to me through their history of protest and violence. Uh, My history is of being conquered and oppressed. And that's what the credible messenger is doing. Bringing those that were oppressed, teaching them oppression is in a lifestyle, is in who you are. You could think your way through it. The aggression goes down. We'll teach you. We'll bring outside influences in. And then we'll teach the system that when you act, it will bring change. It will bring the things you seek, that comfort of self saying, my life means something today because I wake up every day and I help a new mind think and get out of the oppressive state we as a community put them in so we could go to work and so we could sustain ourselves without the need of taking care of our own children. Absolutely, sustenance is key to everything. But again, to sustain, you need that full force from the community, which is that community support and community empowerment. Um, how do we achieve that if we are still so disbanded as a, as a people, not as a nation, but as a people, because once we identify where we are going, then there is the cause for us to know that, okay, we are going to embark on this journey full force because we, we, we know what the outcome is going to be. It might, might change. Things are subject to change. But if there is a purpose for us to move forward, because there's something that we want to achieve, then that sustenance becomes even more tangible. Um, Ton, uh, here you are today. I'm talking to you right now. We are we are uh, guesting you on G7 vo uh, 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 Voices Without Boundaries. And I'm sure somewhere out in the universe, there's still young men who are inspired by you and their aspirations seeing you where you are now and of course some they might still be inspired by the things that you 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 used to do back in the day uh, uh, what what motivation does that give you to know that there is still this hope to change an individual even though you've moved on from that platform now you are operating from a different platform where you are touching life from a different angle what goes on well i i think that's why i created the youtube station and it's just a friday live show called serious tone is because what i believe that that tone is in all of us that tone of of dominance of of, of security in oneself and understanding oneself to defend his platform but your platform or, or your belief or your freedom or your God should never cause you to hurt or destroy another human to make him believe in your platform. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what I found now and where I am now is, is like with Junior, right? I, I was blessed that, like you said, I perfected my craft. I try to show love. I'm not perfect. I do stupid things sometimes still. I still get mad. A lot of people say I'm very, uh, adamant and when I speak, I, you know, the people who are in a different level in this work who see it in a different way. No, I'm, I'm passionate. I know how many, if I was raised in the system, listen, I don't go to funerals rarely, but y'all don't understand when we fail what that causes a family in our community. It, 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 it causes us a soul. So in that, what I'm saying is, in my platform now, I try to be Wherever I go, I try to mimic and become a chameleon where I look like the place that I'm trying to show what love looked like during Grow Up Grow That if I'm in DC, I look like DC, I act like DC, I talk like DC. 
But if I go to Newark, I become Newark. And when I'm with the power group, I become a king to them again. And I speak their language. So, you know, Paul in the good books and the great prophet tells you become all things to all men so you could communicate. It didn't say make them first pass the border, teach them to teach your language. So what I was getting at, what was the greatest thing, God blessed me with Junior. And Junior is, is a gift. He's my only boy, but more than my boy, like you know, he's deaf and sign language I challenge and I challenge with spelling. And I'm saying this, what I found that was more universal for the first time Tone perfected his, his language without speaking. Mm. And it was like, I learned that I had more power when I was the biggest warrior with what? Without a sword. And then I became even more now self, I'm so, I'm so happy with myself. And that's why I was with Junior because he reassures me mm. with his look of love no matter that sometimes I didn't know what was coming out your fucking dumb mouth, that I knew you loved me always the way I was. Right. And today he's confident, he's proud. He'll go anywhere and he don't got his ears on and he look at everybody because he know what? Mm. And I showed him to be proud of who he is, how he is and whatever they call a handicap. To me, it's been nothing but a great pleasure to have you as a gift from God to that he trusted me enough that he knew I was going to understand you the way you were. And that's what I'm saying credible messengers do. They understand the child or the adult or the person they serve in, and they understand them. They don't, under, they don't judge what they're going to do and how they provide services to this person through the fear of self-preservation, personal gain, and what I get out of it, a position, a title, or I keep my job. When you stop eliminating that as the scale of justice, mm -hmm. change comes to your job, to the jail, to the community, to junior, to my environment. And that's all I'm saying. So I'm happy. And you know, and, and I hope that we continue this work in DC and everywhere to reconstruct justice through the tools of credible messengers, restorative justice, and that safe space for the power groups and our kids to come back to parks, uh, the, the, where that, the, the spaces are there for them to play again. And I think we deserve what others had before us. And that's where I'm gonna leave it. So if there's any questions or, or what I'll do it now, because as you know, Junior's upstairs, he probably saying I ate my Chipotle, where this sucker at? But anyway, <laughs> Um, I want you to know, and I really, I, I want to be adamant about this. I've been here six years <laughs> and uh, I've always believed tribalism. Mm -hmm. And if we always think it's where we from and not where we at, right. it, it really hurts communities all over in different states because these borders wasn't there. And that's how most, when we start learning is about where we at is where we love and what we become to become service to that place mm -hmm. and to join that village into getting successful and raising what? The future, what is the future? The growth of our youth, mentally, physically, and spiritually. We get them to the place where they could what? They could compete with those that oppress them. Right. And there's no other way to do it. We start with the rubble. So, Ton, before you, before you, you, you roll out, just one question, because I know that you press for time. And um, after this question, then we, we of course, we want to roll out because we actually run out of time as well. Um, buddy Love, Buddy Love, uh, I see you say you had a question, uh, Black Man. Buddy Love. Yes, I, I want to, uh, let me say this first. Love in its pure essence is a discipline and a sacrifice in helping others uplift themselves out of poverty mental health and balance due to social, economics, and politic justice. Now, we'd have been taught, that we've been given the formula to teach. We assess the information, we process the information, we use a lot of the information. Now, my question in tone, being as though, my name is Carl Montgomery, AKA Buddy Love, I'm a credible messenger, grow up, grow out, underneath a tone. Now, my question is, now we have everything that been put out here in New Beginning and YD, I mean, uh, YDS, right? YDR. Now with the key, YDR. And, 
in the youth facility down on my Olive Avenue. My question is that the youth that's down on my Olive Avenue and the youth up in New Beginning and the youth that's in the community. See, I come out of D.C. when we was in Lawton, they had the program why, uh, uh, UDC. When you got your GED, they had something for you to go into college. Now these kids that's getting a GED up at, y, uh, at the New Beginning and why and why you at why why YSC and the youth in the, in the community. What are we gonna do about helping them once they achieve their GED and finish school? Is we gonna provide for them? Because I knew Tone was talking one time. I thought I overheard about a healing home in DC and things like that. I want to know what we gonna do about them youth that's out there and the youth that we got that's committed and that's ready to go back in society, back home with their GED. Is we gonna help them for us getting in, getting into a community college? What we gonna do? That's so, well, what I yes, want to know. All right, so I just want to say before, and I've seen it myself, the tools are in place in 450 and DYRS where there's a floor committed, like where you see Josh and now in charge, but I want you to know they got a college program in place that once our kids, our scholars get any education type of certificate, if they choose schooling, DYRS does back to school. I know this as a fact. The part is, a lot of this doing this transition and it's usually done in the summer where you'll see the the college tour of all the black colleges and down south you could be part of it we go visit and we go with the kids and we teach them the colleges or the one they choose that's one but the problem like you're saying and i think is the greater problem is the disconnect of do we tie it in does the kid really know that exists mm -hmm. and are we making it loud enough that when they get a GED, they're not asking, yo, how do I go to college? They should know that because if that's something we provide. So I think that's where the perfect, we're trying to perfect, as you know, with the, with the individual credible messenger that'll do the assessment for the 30 days. And then of course, is the outside and the new staff and the new higher hierarchy that's taken over DYS. They're establishing this new circle of providership that involves entrepreneurship, getting into HVAC, getting into those things that are life skills if they don't want to go to college. How could we get them into trainings like Apex and things that are hands-on? How do we use the space that we got if we ain't going to play in it, that we could teach in it, right? And no space should be wasted so they could go in a career that if they don't want to be a credible messenger, they want to have an opportunity to move on as an opportunity entrepreneur, we have to get better at that game. But what I, I, I know it exists, buddy. I think we're at the place that now to reestablish the communication between the whole circle, our whole community. And I believe we're on track with that. The second one, healing homes or safe space home. We think that uh, that's a, we think that's the part that we should be next in this part of CM3 and CM4. If you go around the country, even in Seattle, we're gonna we're establishing it with Tanya Wild. What we're finding is there is that special kid not to do to his behavior of being a bad, bad kid. He needs 30 days of night, a safe place at night, because we still don't got him a good housing. We still didn't find the perfect place, but he don't belong in New Beginnings Locked Up. We got that healing home that got credible messengers that help him do a transition during the free time, getting himself reestablished in his community, retire him. That's a need that I know we talked in and I'm hoping comes to pass whichever way. But buddy love, you know something, we're as you part of the team, we're always trying to create something new that follows the problem. And I know you, your wife and the rest of, of the, the mayor that you're all part of this change. And I wanna say thank you, bro. And, and more humble that you come and you service a guy that ain't from, DC and you give me the respect that I need to make this change not only within me but a new beginning so I thank you and the whole team for doing that for me my brother and the YDRs. No thank you thank you King Tone and uh, once again we appreciate your presence and your time and the knowledge and the history that you have shared with us and the passion that you always uh, carry and uh, share and you show it without any guilt and because rightfully so that's who you are and like you say 
it's not a political game but it's because of what you feel inside you it drives you to be uh, the individual that you are to change lives to see people have something that they can take with with them as they move along something that's going to be beneficial for them in their life and their life lifespan uh, whoever they run across to they can share that knowledge as well and to the individuals like brother buddy love and all the credible messengers and uh, we appreciate you for all that you do to take that time to invest and share that knowledge as well and um, and I see uh, I'll shout out to everyone who came in here as well miss Rashida for what she does you know restoring the the lives of many and um, and putting that foundation of how to restore and uh, mr. Lacey uh, thank you for 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 showing us as well what love looks like what's up what's up lacy thank you for listening man yes indeed. <laughs> yes indeed um we appreciate you uh lace uh, um and uh, and to everyone else who's here and we have uh some of my co-workers who are here as well let's continue to share the wealth the love and invest and share the love and um the work is not done until it's done and when it's going to be done we'll know you will know when it's done but for now, let's continue to match. And it's been a pleasure hosting uh, King Ton on our show. And Ton, as always, you know, we'll keep touch. Uh, this has been a great show, The Power of Transformation. I'm your host with the most black man. And my yes, indeed. And my ace, uh, uh, Rick, is out there on the road, but he's been listening. It's, it was a bit of a challenge today for him to come. King, my love, King. <laughs> indeed, yes, indeed. Peace, 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 peace. Thanks, Tone. Greatly appreciate you, brother. Nah, Thanks, Tone. Appreciate you, big boy. Now, we here, man. We here. You know what we say. We here, man. My love, and thank you. I'm humble. And thank you for serving our young adults and being there, brothers. And I always say, man, if you mad, don't be mad at me. Be mad at yourself because it's you who's standing still. We moving. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Absolutely. I also want to send a shout out to uh my deputy uh dante is here as well thank you for 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 the support that you give us and uh and for showing uh that passion of what it means to to have a team of individuals who are, are passionate in, in in doing what they do and as always uh stay blessed stay guided you know like i always say be you and i be me see you on the flip side stay blessed thank you ton we'll see you on the other side black man see face face